When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yo, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Spark Plug Podcast, episode 10, I believe. And I'm joined by my awesome co-hosts, Thunder Random on Twitter. Say hi, Andrew. I said that weird. But... Hi. And Trey, what's otherwise up? known as OKC Flow on Twitter. Say hi, Trey. Yo, 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 yo. What's up? All right. So, we're here. Um, schedule's been a little crazy lately. Been about four Oklahoma City... Uh, five? Five. Five Oklahoma City Thunder games since we last spoke to you all. Um, and we're here to talk about all that. Um, probably a little bit of other stuff sprinkled in. Maybe not, though. No promises. But you're going to hear a lot about Chet Holmgren, J-Dub, J-Will, Josh Giddy, Usman Jang, all the guys... Um, in this summer league, maybe even a little bit about SGA playing for Team Canada as well. Who knows? So we're going to jump right in, and I'm going to randomly call on Andrew to pick a topic to talk about first. Oh, well, Actually, I am flattered. Wait, I'm sorry, I didn't oh. mean to cut you off, but we have a question from Richie that needs oh, to be goodness. answered. It's time. <laughs> I'm very sorry to cut you off. You will decide the first topic after the question. Let me play I love this, this question. Let me play this question real quick. We're going to play it, and we're going to listen to it, and it's going to be great. All right. So, again, this question comes from Richie. Um, it's RT Pod, right, on on Twitter? Yeah, at Richie RT Pod. Okay. Let me go to the questions tab. Yo, what's good? It's Richie. Uh, just wondering, what is your biggest concerns for the Thunder's rebuild? Thank you. Okay, first of all, Richie, thank you so much for being the first person to ask a question on this podcast. Um, Richie from the RT Podcast, thank you so, 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 so much. Um, I know you thanked us, but thank you. And we are very, very happy to answer your question. I'm going to let Andrew go first since I was going to let him beside, decide the topic. So go first. All right. My biggest issue with Oklahoma City's rebuild is Oklahoma City. And I mean that in the way that in the past, when we have tried to compete for championships, we are almost exclusively a homegrown team. Things in free agency do not work out for us. It doesn't matter if it's the tiniest role players or if it's big guys on big deals, it just doesn't work out. We were supposed to get Al Horford when we had Katie and Russ. That didn't work out. Oh, yeah. And then we tried to sign Patrick Patterson because that was all we could afford. <laughs> and then now I hate Patrick Patterson for the rest of my life because of how garbage he was. Oh, man. So 
that's my only real issue. I don't question Sam Presti and his aggressiveness or his team building skills. I just feel like the fact that we are Oklahoma City presents some big disadvantages. I can see that. Um, and I, I agree with a lot of aspects of that. Um, Trey, would you like to go next? Yeah. Um, my biggest problem with the rebuild is players wanting more money than OKC can afford in the future. Um, kind of like what happened with the James Harden. I, uh, and that if players want to get to bigger markets like New York, like L.A., so that kind of that kind of goes to what Trey said. I mean, Andrew, sorry. Like, yeah. we're Oklahoma City. It's Oklahoma City. We're always going to be known as the small market and the team that had Russ, KD, yep. and Harden and failed to win a chip. Yep. So that's always going to be a stigma on our thing. And we're also now known as the team that the black eye of the league when there's – much worse teams in the league than us at this point. Yeah, Houston lost more games than us. <clears throat> but we don't talk about that, so did Orlando. Yep. And <clears throat> the Kings are in a worse spot than us. The Jazz at this point are in a worse spot than us. But, but Houston is still in a worse spot than us. But guys, um, none of those teams lost by 73 points. <laughs> no, none of those teams didn't <laughs> have their star players playing either. Exactly. So. That's what I'm saying. But, no, my biggest problem is definitely seeing, like, Josh Giddy or Chet or Shea want to go to a big market where he's going to get that respect. Yeah. And he's going to get a payday. Um, but, yeah. Honestly, I agree that both of those are concerns, both of what you guys said. But I'm going to go with what Andrew and what Trey said. Why do I always do that? What Trey said for my biggest concern, I agree. Like, um, it's hard for me to really think about a concern with such a team with such a bright future, such a great GM, coaching staff, staff in general, fans, players, everything from top to bottom is just in such a good spot. But we have so many talented players and so many players that could get paid from other teams where, you know, in Oklahoma City, they may have to take a little bit less because of, like, the star power up front we have. I mean, the whole roster, like I said, is loaded down with young talent with star potential. So, you know, they're all going to want good chunks of money, and that's obviously a concern, so. Yeah, and I think it always will be a concern if we can keep everybody happy and around at the same time. Yeah, I think the other thing is, and I doubt, I doubt it'll be a problem for OKC. Is but health wise, like if let's say next year, God forbid, Giddy gets hurt and we're still tanking, and it's an injury that kind of like what happened to Russ in the playoffs with Pat Beth. I will hate Pat Beth forever, <laughs> but that's always something that's affecting Giddy for the rest of his career. When it wasn't, it didn't need to happen because we were tanking. Yeah, I think that's another concern is is that a player is going to get hurt, and then for the rest of his career, he's going to have to deal with that injury. Yeah, 
And obviously, you don't wish that on any player or any human. Um, it's a scary thing, though. It really is. It's a scary thought to um, to think about. You know, anybody could get injured at any time. And that's what makes me so nervous about watching these summer league games because you could watch a whole player's year get destroyed because of, like, a summer league game. That means, in in, in essence, it means nothing, you know? For for the at least for the first round picks, it really means nothing. I mean, second rounders and undrafted guys, it probably means a lot. Some of them could be fighting for a roster spot or a two way deal, but like, you know. I mean, we just we just saw it today. EJ Liddell tore his ACL. Are you serious? Yes. Did EJ Liddell tore his ACL? Wow. What? I don't like that today. guy. His whole year could be ruined. And most likely will be ruined now. I wow. I'm pretty sure it's a torn ACL. I know he tore something and he got hurt bad. Um, it's I can't see any tweets about it, but here's basically what I'm seeing: EJLL collapsed to the floor and is grabbing his knee, now being helped off the floor, not putting any weight. Um, Shame for EJ Lydell tonight. Wishing a speedy recovery. EJ Lydell got injured and it looks awful. Okay, just shut down the Pelican Summer League team. No more injuries. EJ Lydell not yeah. putting any weight on his right leg. Yeah, and Dyson Daniels. Yeah, like you just said, Dyson Daniels. He that, tweaked his ankle the other day. That fall, if you watch it, it's it's not it's not good because he got landed on too. Oof. That's just my biggest concern with the like summer league, but like, right? It's just it's just scary, man. Right there. And really, Liddell, I wouldn't say he's fighting for a roster spot, but he definitely is one of those players that needs to prove more than others yeah. on that summer team. He fell. He fell way down. And from from what I've heard, it's it's sounding. I don't know if it's a hundred percent an ACL, but from what I heard earlier, is that most people were saying it's most likely an ACL. Yeah. But yeah, if that if it is prayers to the EJ, hopefully it's not, but that's a prime example of what can happen if a player plays in summer league when yeah. at points you really don't need the player to play every game in summer league. Yeah. We saw it with OKC last year when Josh got hurt. We ju- we shut him down. That's what you're supposed to do. Yep. Um I mean, Chet, Chet's rested a game, rightfully so. I mean, you never play three games in a row in the NBA. I, I don't get that at all. But, um, I mean, three games in a row as in back-to-back-to-back days, not like three straight games played. Um, Paulo got shut down tonight as well for the rest of the, the Summer League. He's definitely ghosting Chet. Sorry, guys. Um, he didn't want to play Chet. Yeah, <laughs> I, for sure. I, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But, um. Thank you, Richie, for the question. Open up quite the discussion. Um, I hope you agree with what we said, and make sure to let us know what what you think. You know, um, drop another question in or or an answer. And anybody else that wants to be featured in the episode, drop questions below. Um, I believe you can only drop them through Spotify. So you know, if you want to do that, or you can just add us on Twitter, and we can put you in the episode. Just say like. Tag one of us and put like question for the Spark Plug Pod or question for the podcast. And we'll put you in, and we'll answer it. One thing I wanted to add as well, it, it was on two separate plays. 
What was? EJ, he... Oh. Yeah, it's on two separate plays. The first play was a lob, and his knee buckled. Mm. And then he got pushed, and that's when he collapsed to the floor. Oof. And all the reports said he's not he's not been able to put any pressure on that leg. So it will be shocking if he avoided any bone damage or struct structural uh, damage. That's not good. I I pray mm-hmm. that that he's he's good, and if not, I pray for a speedy recovery. Prayers to Dyson Daniels as well. Anybody else going through anything on the basketball court or off the basketball court? Prayers to all you guys. Just hope, hope, hope they have a speedy recovery, man. Send in love their way. Um, again, thank you so much, Richie. Thank you for the question. Very good question. Um, and without further ado, we're going to let Andrew, like I said, pick a pick a topic for us to dive into. All right. First of all, I want to talk about, because I know there's a lot of discord on the internet about how much these summer league games matter how much you can really take from and evaluate players in the summer league. Because when your guys are doing good, you want to say that they're going to be able to do this and be able to do that. But when they're bad, it's, you know, it's just the summer league. It doesn't matter, blah, 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 blah. But kind of want to hear where everybody stands on how much these games matter. Um, Like, I think, like Max said, that it, it doesn't matter as much for second year players in first rounds, but, for the second round guys and undrafted guys and the G League guys, it means pretty much the whole year. It because means everything. It means the whole year because if they don't capitalize, they're going to be right onto that G League team yep. for another year or might not even have a job. That's what I'm saying. Some of them may not even be in the G League. Some of them may literally just get a summer league tryout, and that may literally be what they're banking their life on. Like that, like that's their job. They may quit their day, day-to-day job to put the work in to be a professional basketball player. And it could literally mean their life. And, I mean, that, that may sound crazy to some people, but if you really think about it, I guarantee there's at least one player in that summer league that is not on a G League team and does not have a secure job right now because he is banking on making a roster or G League team. Yeah. And just for those guys... For the guys that are first-round picks and are second-year guys, you just really have to be mild with the reactions, whether positive or negative. It doesn't mean too much positive or negative. With the top three picks, I know people talk about Jabari and Chad and Paolo. But, I mean, and all in all, all this doesn't mean too much, positively or negatively. It's just the first opportunity to see these guys on an NBA court. And you should react like a normal person. <laughs> so, here's my thing. This is the main thing you should take away from Summer League. And I was talking about this a little bit before we started this episode with uh, Trey and Andrew. But the biggest thing you should take away is not a stat line or maybe even like a highlight posterizer. I mean, yeah, you can take away, he can jump. But that's, that's what I'm saying. You need to take away what players do. Like, which sounds weird. I'm not saying like, oh, he scored 50 points in the Summer League. Obviously, that's good. But how did he score those 50 points? Catch and shoot threes? Cutting to the basket? That's what... Or I'll let you finish. And then I want to say something about the magic. Okay. 
Um, and, and for me, the biggest thing that I took away from the summer league about Chet is his offensive versatility. Um, like I said, um, well, actually, I haven't said this yet, but the competition is going to be much more fierce in the NBA. Yes. But I can see how this man's going to get buckets and like what he can do on the floor. Maybe it's not against as good defenders, but I can see kind of and get an idea of how he's going to play and how he's going to plug into the to the team. Example, um, Josh Giddy is going to be our primary, one of our primary ball handlers, and we get to see them in a pick and roll. Like I said, you know, I'm going to say this one more time for the last time. The defense is not going to be as good as the NBA's defense, obviously, but you get to kind of see it in action and see what to expect and like what's going to happen. We got to see the Dirk one-legged fadeaway, and I'm excited to see him break that out in the NBA. Um, we got to see him do a behind-the-back, take the ball down the floor, behind-the-back into a pull-up three over Taco Fall. I don't know about you, but if somebody that's seven foot six can't block the shot, it's going to be pretty hard to block. You know what I'm saying? Those are the kind of things I'm taking away. And already players are deterring from attacking the rim when Chet's in the paint. And he's already making people pass out of tough shots and tying people up at the rim with his length. It's all happening. And again, I know that a lot of these guys aren't going to be on rosters and get playing time in the NBA. But I'm seeing and getting an idea of what to expect. While also acknowledging and realizing that, um, you know, he's doing it against less fierce competition than he's going to have in, what, like, how long? Four months? About four months to the NBA season? Um, he's going to have more competition in, in the next uh, four months when the season starts. It's going to be it's going to be tougher. But I'm, I'm kind of getting a better idea of how he's going to play and how he's going to plug into Oklahoma City, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's basically what you can take away from Summer League. Those are the best things you can take away. Team fit your versatility, your physicals, your athletic abilities, your motor, you know, stuff like that. That's what you can take out of when people are hustling in the summer league. That's what you really, yes. Those are the best things to take away. Those are the most reliable things to take away. And and team and team chemistry as well. Like, like it just shows me that, um, Chet and Giddy really like playing with each other. Um, and also I was going to say one more thing. Um, about J-Dub, dude, I've just gotten so, like, every game I watch this man play, I get happier and happier with him being on this team. I mean, he could literally go the whole game without dribbling the basketball and be one of the most positive, impactful players on the floor. It's insane. I mean, his defense on Jabari Smith has convinced me that this man's going to be an All-NBA defender at some point. Like, he is that good. And I know he's defending a rookie, but he's defending a top three pick that's five inches taller than him with a signature ability of a of hitting jumpers. And he went like three for 17 and maybe made one of those field goals while J-Dub was guarding him. So, and, and people may say that's an overreaction. I'm not saying he's going to go in and hold every player to three for 17 his rookie season, but I'm just saying there's so much defensive potential there for that guy. Yeah, he's got how long is his wingspan? He's like six foot six with Seven like a, three, I believe. Yeah, he's he has all the tools, every last one of the tools. Mm-hmm. Trey, you want to say something? Yeah, I wanted to say something about the Magic and about summer league. What I'm really hoping is that the Magic didn't have a fan moment with Paulo 
and see that stat line against the Pacers and said, yeah, we got our guy. We don't need to see nothing more. We're good. He can he can shut it down. That's what I really hope didn't – that's not the conversation I hope they had. I hope it's more of just, like I said, they don't want him to get hurt. I think but that's it. If they did have that conversation where they said, oh, we've seen enough from Paulo, we don't need to see anything else, and he flops in regular season – what is that discussion like in that room again? Because if I was in that room and the guy who said, yeah, we've seen enough, what? <laughs> to say that you've seen enough from one of the guys who had probably the most question out of the top three had the most co- questions coming into the draft and one game you've seen enough stat-wise or play-wise and I think I think Paulo will be fine. And I this is just a what if, and I want to hear you guys' opinion on it. If you were the owner, what do you do at that point? Paulo flops, and you guys put all that eggs into his into the basket because of one summer league game. What do you do? Well, uh, you keep right on being the Orlando Magic. <laughs> <laughs> it's right down the Orlando Magic lane to do that. Well, to me. Um, whether they shut him down in summer league or not, like basically from what we've said, it doesn't really matter. Like, I mean, the Thunder could have shut down Chet like a game or two ago, the same way, and like, I don't think it would really change what he's going to do this regular season that much. Um, and it's not a bad thing that he's still playing either. I don't think, um, in my opinion, and I don't think it's a bad thing that the Magic shut Paulo down, like uh, like Trey said, injury um, injury management. Most likely. Um, but Most likely. Yeah. Um, and, like, I whether his rookie season goes good or bad, I don't, don't give up on him after one season. And I think he's going to do good, like like Trey said. I'm going to preface that. I think, I think he's going to have a really good rookie season. But if he were to do really bad or disappoint in a, in a, a little bit, I don't think it's the end of the world. I mean, like, we've seen players come in and, you know, do bad their rookie season. We've seen a lot of late bloomers in the NBA. Steve Nash was a late bloomer, and he's an MVP. Kyle Lowry was a late bloomer. He's a multi-time All-Star. I mean, we've seen plenty of people um, just just prosper late. Dennis Dennis Schroeder isn't as good as either of those guys, but he's also a late bloomer. Yeah. And um, I just think, I don't know, I think he's going to do good, but even if he didn't, I don't think you give up on him immediately. Just considering his frame and his ability and and all all the things above. Yeah, I feel like Paulo really. I don't see him flopping. I see even in Paulo Bencaro's worst outcome for his career. I think he's still a solid. Kind of like Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, I think like I think Paulo Bencaro is his worst case scenario isn't to be Andrew Wiggins. Obviously, he's not like Andrew Wiggins, like a player. I'm just saying, like, like he's still Crazy he's high solid. expectations, came in, um, didn't live up, but still a very good player. He's, yeah, he's very solid. Very Expectations-wise, he's like Wiggins, is what you're saying. He could be yes. at his worst. Yeah, I get what yeah, you're Yeah, like saying. his career path. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Andrew Wiggins. I for sure get that. 
Um, I heard a comp today from one of the commentators comparing him to Carmelo, like a bigger Carmelo. And honestly, I can kind of see it. The face-up yeah, game, right the face-up game is there. He's obviously bigger. He's more post-oriented, but he has the handle. He can isolate you on the low block, take you off the dribble. He's just bigger, like they said. Like they just said, Melo did not have that bulk coming in. Like he wasn't that big coming in. Basically, is what they said. Yeah, that's not a bad comparison at all. I like that one. Yeah, I do too. The magic, the magic can only hope he's nearly as good as Carmelo Anthony. Oh man, could you imagine? They get Nuggets Melo. Holy cow! Oh, can we talk about the whole the, the funny Paulo putting KD in a magic jersey next to him? Wait, what? I see what on his story. So when when all the KD news broke out, Paulo tried to join the recruiting numbers and posted a jersey swap of him and KD in magic jerseys. <laughs> like he wouldn't be the one being traded to the Nets in the package for KD. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's funny. He's, nah, yeah, the Magic are just going to be able to keep you and still yeah. get KD. We'll give you Franz Wagner, Mo Bamba, a first-round pick, and a bag of Skittles. Take yeah. it or leave it. Cole TikTok login. Oh, man. You can have if Kevin Durant goes to the Magic, Kevin Durant should go to the Magic to die. <laughs> he should just go to the Magic to throw it in LeBron's face because he said LeBron said the one team he'll never – play for is the magic so if kd built a super team on the magic that would be like the most petty thing that would be the ultimate nba twitter argument ever to to end lebron's goatness on bro but kevin durant joined the magic but kevin durant joined the one team lebron said he couldn't win with (laughs) one of those like copy pastas like um that would be so bad the frauds resume Dirk King's resume. Oh, yeah. One with the magic. Check for Durant. X for LeBron. Starred, starred in the movie Thunderstruck. Check for Durant. <laughs> X for LeBron. Bro, I saw oh, my God. That, that kid grew up to be Chet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, jeez. I need to so watch good. that whole movie. He, he I've never watched the full thing. If he grew to 7 1. <laughs> yeah, he didn't get rid of that magic. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. Y'all remember that fake graphic they made in that movie of Kevin Durant that everybody used where yes. he shot like 3 of 57? Yes. Yeah. That was Kevin Durant in the playoffs with Russ. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh. So, next topic, Andrew. Oh goodness, I'm I'm spitballing <laughs> topics here. Yeah. All right, I got this. Okay, Thunder big men. What about who him? are the Thunders? Who are the Thunders big men right now? They have Derek Favors. They have Chet, Jalen Williams, and Jre. Okay. You uh, can only keep two. Oh, out of, oh man. So you're basically asking me, am I, you're basically asking, am I getting rid of JRE or Jalen Williams? Is basically what you're asking me. Yes. Are you getting rid of JRE or Jalen Williams? Or 
do you slide do you get r- rid of one of the power forwards and make well see here's the thing have him split minutes here's the thing I think Chet could like legit play the three do I think he will a lot probably not he's best at the four or five um but um JRE can play the four or the five Jalen Williams can uh, play the four or the five, I believe. So with them both, all three being able to play the four or five, and in Chet's case, the three, you can stretch those minutes, and I feel like you can keep all three. I mean, you could legitimately run a lineup of all three of them on the floor at the same time. Yeah, you I can know, see that. It'd be kind of crazy because your your small forward would be the tallest guy on the floor, but, I mean, it's positionless. Come on now. You know what I'm saying? Like, put Chet in at the three. JRE at the five, or no, JRE probably at the four, and then J-Will at the five um, for shooting purposes. But again, it doesn't doesn't really matter. So who's your cut? Derek Favors. (laughs) Stretch the match (laughs) for the other three. Like, that's so difficult, especially because J-Will's not played an actual NBA game yet. And I I, I don't know, man. JRE can shoot the ball so well, though. Oof. As of now, because he's not played yet, I'm just going to give it to JRE because I've seen him play, I've seen him shoot, seen him defend at NBA level. But, you know, it could change. Um, now, I'm going to do... Let's let uh, Trey go real quick. All right, so what was the options? It was J. Will, JRE, and Chet. Derek Favors they- and Chet. So, Unless you wanted to cut Chet, your decision was basically between do you cut J. Will or... Jerry. Also, are we considering Poku a big or a forward? That's what I was about to ask. Yeah. I consider Poku one of the fours that we have. Just like I considered Isaiah Roby a four when most of the world called okay. him a five. All right. Um, I guess, yeah. If I had to cut anybody, it would be Favors. We've, we know what Favors is. Um, everyone else on the team has more potential. It can show up, show more. And will show more, I believe. Um, I definitely think the second option. My second option would probably be Jerry. I'd just rather take the upside of a. Ooh. Okay. I can see it. What about you, Andrew? Did you answer? Oh, I'd cut. I'd cut Jay Will. Wow. Just. Just because I know what JRE is. That's the only reason. Alright, I've got another dilemma. I've got one more dilemma. Your big three need contract extensions. You have two max contract slots. Who are you letting go? (laughs) So who is... Who are we saying is the big three? Like Shay, what Shay, Giddy. Shay, yeah. Shay. You, you, uh, you keep two. Which dynamic duo do you like the best? Oh, no. Dude, you can't do this to us yet. I feel like you have to keep Chet. I feel like you have to keep Chet. It hurts so yeah, bad. I feel like you have to keep Shay. Yeah. 
Like, and I so, also feel like you have to keep Giddy and you have to keep Chet. There's like the only answer that you could make an argument for is cutting pay cut, dude. I don't. I don't think there's an argument in any world where you say, "Yeah, you know what, best Jay guy." We don't need to pay him. He can go. There's just Shea is not it. But see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You can't say that about Giddy. You can't be like that Giddy guy. We don't need to pay him. Like you can't say that about any three of them. You just can't. But you have to. But you have to pick. And see, here's the thing. I could legitimately see. I legit think that one of them may take a pay cut. I don't know who it would be. But I, I feel think, like it most likely it'll be Giddy. I know. Yeah, I feel like That's what I'm giddy. saying. But I could also <laughs> possibly, I'm not saying for sure, but maybe, just maybe, he just got his rookie extension for five years, the max, especially if he hits the All-NBA team, which he will, and gets the little bonus. I, I think his has that like 30% kicker or whatever for hitting an All-NBA team on it. Yeah, it goes from like five to two hundred three. It's two hundred three. Yeah, his original deal was five years, one hundred seventy two, and it goes to like two hundred three. If he gets that, he may take less than the max, low key, for the betterment of the team because he loves Oklahoma City so much. Especially if he sees team improvement, I can see it. Would do do would I expect him to, or would I like be mad if he didn't? No. If he, like, because this man is so good, if he wants to take the max, give him the max, you know. But if he's willing to take a pay cut, you don't complain. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And also because, like, him and him and, uh, him and Josh are so close already, and I think him and Chet will be too. And also, you can make the same argument for Josh Giddy. He may take a pay cut so they can keep Chet, Shay, and, and, and um, himself all together. I was about to say, let's say this year, with the new CBA being next off season, if we make the play in and Shea sees major improvement, do you see a a situation where Shea goes to Presti and tries to get his contract backloaded more to go get a big name in this three agency? I don't know, dude. Honestly, I don't think so because like if he sees that much of an improvement, he can just go to Sam and be like, dude. I don't even think we need to draft that much more. Take some of these picks, like in the later years, or like take some of these picks for the next year or the year after that, like twenty three or twenty four, and get us that that missing piece, and we're we're going for the chip. Like you know what I'm saying? Because like that's what I'm saying. Go ahead. What I'm saying is, what if that piece isn't free agency, and he he sees a guy and he's like, Sam, I. I believe this guy just launches us over that hump. We need to go get him. Do you see him going and taking a backload? I could see it. What do you mean by backload? I I mean, so an extension where his the he, it would be longer, but the year it, it would be less each year. Is it, it would like? Be, can you do that in the NBA? Like, is that yes. legal? Yeah, you can. I could see him doing it's kinda it. What, it's kind of what. I guess what, um, technically you can sign if Shay Shay is on his five year rookie max extension right now, right? So yeah. Shay can technically sign a two year extension worth like ten million dollars over two years and take the money that he has lined up and push it back 
Yeah. So also, here's the so thing. Like, oh, go go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Oh, uh, I wasn't going to say nothing. Oh, yeah. That's what <laughs> I. That's what I'm saying. He signs that two years, so it clears up some cap space in that year frame where we can make moves to put us over a hump. I could definitely see him yeah. doing that, especially if he's the one that asks Sam. Like, if he's the one that asks, I could definitely see him be like. We need to get this guy. I'm willing to rearrange my contract to make it work. I, I can let's definitely see it, that. Let's, then let's flip it the other way. What if Sam comes to him and asks? It depends on if Shay thinks we need it or if Shay thinks we can draft a guy. or or It depends on a lot of things. I definitely think Sam is a player guy. Like If, he, if the player tells him something, he's going to try and do it. And I think Shay has so much respect and, and caring for, for Sam and, and the organization because they took care of him. I mean, we max we max extended him. Like, um, I think that he would at least think about it, you know? And, and again, I'm going to say this again. Um, I would not – how do I say this? Um, you know how earlier when I was saying, like, if Shay didn't – want to take a pay cut I wouldn't be mad because he's so good if he and he's done so much um you know or like you know he's our guy okay and if he if he wants to take the pay cut you don't complain but if he doesn't want to take the pay cut you don't get mad at him because he's that guy he's worth the money you know what I'm saying yeah so again where I'm going with that is I want to apply that same basic preface or basic explanation to what I was about to say. And, you know, if Sam comes to him and asks him if he said, I think he'll definitely think about it, but you also don't like make him feel obligated to, because he's the guy you're doing this stuff for. You know what I'm saying? Like he's one of the big three. Yeah. And he's just, I'm trying to sing a way. Like if I say, I don't expect him to, that makes it sound like I'm judging his character, and that's not what I mean. I just mean I don't wholeheartedly um, feel like he is obligated or should have to. I would, you know, I would be thrilled if he took a pay cut, but it's like if he doesn't, I'm not going to be upset because he's that guy and he deserves every penny. Yeah. yeah. That's the best yeah, way I can I know explain it. That's all the best way I can explain it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not expecting... I don't ever try to expect players to take a pay cut, because that's like, I don't know. Yeah, it's their, and it's their money. And I'll, yeah. I'm, I'm only saying this is... This is if we make the play in and win or make the playoffs or just make the playoffs, and Sam believes full-heartedly that... That piece can improve the Shay, improve Shay and the team even more. Then I just believe I believe that Shay would do that because he's he wants to win. Yeah. he wants to win Oklahoma, and he's gonna do whatever he needs to do to make that possible. I agree. I, I, I don't. Yeah, and I don't think Sam would go to and ask him unless he knew that that piece would yes. put Oklahoma hump. And like if Presty seen it. And I think he'd say this. He'd be like, I mean, maybe he doesn't say this, but like Shay's going to think, I know Sam. If he sees a guy 
that he's asking me to take a pay cut for, this guy must, he must see a championship when we sign this guy. Yeah, that's true too. Um, and another thing to consider with like the pay cut for the big three or whatever, like signing on them all, we'll be able to go over the salary cap because we'll have bird rights on all three of them. That's true. So I do like that. Yeah. That is very good about drafting players. Like, we have bird rights on them. We will. So, I can't wait for the team to get we, on the court. Oh, we we kind of dodged uh, Andrew's question, though. We need to, we need to answer that about the team practice. I feel like you just have to say Shea and Chet. Yeah. I think I don't like like Max has said multiple times and I've said, I don't like putting ceilings on players, and especially if it's two players, but Shea and Chet's potential together and a duo is more potential than Giddy and Shea. One, because I feel like Chet is more open to the off-ball plays than Giddy has shown, and I'm sure, like I we said a long time ago, Shea and Giddy will work it out. But in this situation, I think we we see that right now, Shane Chet has more potential of the off-ball, on-ball chemistry than Shane Giddy does right now. Yeah, I think that's exactly why I take uh, Shay and Chet right there. Yeah. Because I feel like they're going to be so good together. I just, I mean, I'll take Shane and Chet, of course, but... It's no disrespect to Giddy, and as Trey just said, I I, I don't cap players. I, I don't do that. Um, but from taking what we've been given so far from all these players' careers on all levels and all that stuff, um, it looks like you know the Shea and Chet pairing would have more potential. Um, not to say that's set in stone, but that's what it looks like. And, you know, going past just basketball performance, um, Shea is the guy, man. We've already locked him in anyways, and he he is our number one guy. I, I think you keep him over everybody. Yeah, he, he is, is absolutely that guy. He is that guy. I don't see any argument where you say we pay Giddy and Chet instead of Shea. Yeah. And... I was going to say, but just goes for all of them. You don't just openly be like, yeah, that guy, I want him to walk. Or he, we're okay with yeah, letting yeah, him. Yeah, 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 yeah. But when it comes down to it, you're more okay with in this situation with Giddy walking than Shay or Chet. I think that's the bottom line. Yeah. But... Hopefully we don't have to come to that. Yeah, and if we do come to that, I'm not making that decision. Yeah, <laughs> we're not the ones who have to make the situation. We're just we're the ones who talking about it on this podcast. We're, we're just the ones who have to talk and live with it. Yeah, yeah, and then when they make a decision we feel is wrong, we're gonna rip. I have. I have another discussion question. All right, uh, this may be the Unless, last one. Um, we're, we're, we're pretty far into this. This may be the last, uh, question. All right. All right. Okay. So this is another future question. 
what pick do you see us sitting around where this year Sam tries to put his full deck in and try to move up in the top six, top five, top three? Where if let's say we win thirty six games, thirty seven games, what range of games do we win where you see Sam say, "Let's just go full in and try to get Victor or someone." One of the top prospects in this draft. Um, I, I think anywhere seven and down, he at least. I mean, obviously, any he's going to try regardless. But I think um, he becomes more. It's like his main his main thing is wanting yeah. to move up. I think it, it's seven seven and below. I think honestly. Now, double part B of that question is. How many picks are you willing to give up to move up? To one? I'm, I'm just saying this, to wherever you want to move up and how many picks. To go to number one, I'm willing to give like five picks. Really? You're willing to give up five from, picks? If I'm going from number seven... From, what is it? Sorry. To You would give five picks to see Victor and Chet. I would give from to go from pick from pick number seven to pick number one. I would give five first round picks to see Josh Giddy, Shea Gilgis Alexander, Chet Holmgren, Victor Wimbanyama, and like Lugan Stewart or J Dub or whoever you put out there on the court at the same time. I would I would do it because like especially if you do see us win thirty six or thirty seven games. And if we sit people too, and we win thirty six or thirty seven, oh my gosh, that's a huge number. If you sit people, especially, yeah. Um, I was saying it without sitting people, but you're you're right with the sitting people. As yeah, well. I mean, even if you don't sit, that's a huge improvement. And um, but um, again, this goes to um, basically what we were talking about about Presty. Um, if Presty sees, like, this Victor Wimbanyama kid is completing this rebuild, if he sees that, he can give as many picks as he wants. I trust Sam Presty. I have complete confidence in him to do. But if he sees he's not worth it, I don't even want to give two picks to move up. I don't think it's worth blowing or giving. I mean, I don't think it's worth giving up our future to go all in for this guy when we have all this or whatever his explanation is. I'm going to trust him again. I I trust him in every yeah. aspect. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel because I think it's weird because if we don't do well again this year, I feel like if we make a move, we draft Victor Wimbayama. I feel like then we have four max contract players on our team, and I feel like that's really like front-loading talent. I feel like unless there's like something happens where you can't rely on one of Shea, Giddy, or Chet anymore. If you feel like you can't rely on one of them anymore to be a franchise guy after this next season, then maybe I can see giving up four, five, six first round picks. But I don't know. I just if things if things only continue to trend up and everybody's still looking the way that we see them now and better, I don't feel like I'd give up many picks at all because I don't feel like that's necessary. You've I feel like we should keep opinion. those picks. I feel like we should keep those picks for the future to help us whenever we're not going to be able to pay our lower-level guys 
instead of our higher-level guys so that we can draft, use Sam Presti's superior scouting and talent evaluation to keep our roster full of talent to help us win with those three guys. Thinking about it now, hearing what you said and hearing what I said, I agree with you now. Um, because, like, I, I agree with you, especially in a sense, I was playing ball one day at the park, and it was when Kevin Durant requested a trade. And they somebody, somebody said, like, you know, KD on the Thunder. I was like, no. We would literally be compromising our whole entire future to get this man. And it's not worth it when we literally have a, a dynasty in the making to maybe compete for one championship. Maybe. By the time you consider all the picks and young players we're gonna ha- we would have to give up, we, we may compete for a championship or a high playoff spot. Once or I twice. Think and I think the my other thing about if we ever traded for KD is what he's gonna do what he did with the Nets. He's gonna ask for someone else. Yeah. And we're gonna trade even more younger pieces and yep. picks. And then we're gonna be Brooklyn two point Yep. And 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 where I was going with that is basically what you said combined with what Andrew said. Um if we did trade up from one to seven and gave up four, five, six picks, um, we're basically compromising our future. And there's no reason to do that when we already have, you know, a big three. And thinking about it now, I agree. Like, there's no point in giving four, five, or six first-round picks unless Sam Presti sees it. If he does, I respect it, and I wholeheartedly support it again, like I said. But in hindsight, looking at it right now, in my opinion, um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade four, five, or six. Because, we, you know, unless, and I don't see it happening to where you can't rely on one of those three. So I'm just going to go ahead and say, like, I, I don't think I would. I don't think I'd try that many picks. There's no point. All right. I guess it's uh, up to me for the final answer of the pod. Yep. Um, I would not, I wouldn't be completely happy with Presty if we weren't, okay. If we fell out of the top five and, okay, yeah. If we wanted, if we let's say six or seven, like you said, Max. Yeah. If we want to move back in the top five, so four, three, two, one. I would want us to, depending on if it's two, three, or four, or five. I don't want to see us trade more than three picks. Yeah. Because then, if you really want to open up the trades, we can trade Ty or uh, one of the players that didn't work out this upcoming season. We don't have to trade just general picks. Yeah. But when it comes to general picks, to move up two, three, four, five from six, seven, I wouldn't trade more than three picks. Now to trade up to one, I do understand Andrew's argument, but I, I'm i with Max. I'm with both of the arguments where it's that top guy and you guys agree, but also we don't want to trade away our whole future. But... I, I see us trading five, like you said, for Victor, for number one. And I would be happy with that. The difference between Victor and KD is Victor is, what, 19 years yeah. old. He's coming into the league. He's not going to come with stipulations like trading for KD or a superstar would. Because then you you owe that superstar that you traded for. You're at the you're in the palm of his hand. Yeah. Because he's the superstar of the team. Victor, he's nineteen. He needs to develop. He's not gonna ask you to trade away 
Shay, Giddy, Lou, Chet. He wants to play with them. Yeah. So I feel more comfortable trading five first round picks for Victor than for KD for oh, those yeah, reasons. For sure, yeah. And to just trade five picks for him in general. Because once they develop together, that is a championship rotation with J Will, J Dub, uh Trey, and whoever else we dra- draft or uh pick up in free agency in the years. That is a championship rotation. I don't think you pass up the chance of having Shay, Diddy, Lou, Chet, and Victor. That's just, it's kind of like how people said you don't pass up on Evan Mobley. You don't. He's that talent where you just can't say no. So if you have the assets to move up, I don't think you can say no. And I, I understand that. And like I said, if Presti chose to do that, I wouldn't be mad at all. That's what, like I said, he's just a talent where you can't be mad that he did it. Now, looking into the trade and years after, then you can be kind of like, maybe we shouldn't have given up that much. If it doesn't pan up, out, then it's like, we really shouldn't have given up that much. But to let that decide... Moving up, I think that would be a completely, like, horrible decision on Presti's side to think in the future, if it doesn't pan out, we've moved up for nothing. You have what? We have what? A lot like of picks in a couple of years. Still? <laughs> a lot of picks in a couple of years. Yeah. We still have, what, around double-digit picks. Oh, so, yeah. to trade away five first-round picks... It's not that big of a deal, I don't think, for a guy with that much high upside, young age, and he's coming in with not that big of a contract. I definitely get what you're saying. I, I really do. Um, there, there's a crap ton of what ifs we could get into and all that stuff. But the bottom line is, I think we'd we'd be we'd be quite happy with Presty, um, no matter what happened. You know. Um, Obviously, you want to try and get Wimby on the team if you can, but you know there's a lot of things that Andrew mentioned that really make you think is it the best option. So we'll leave that all up to you. You guys let us know what you think. Thank you for listening. Make sure to leave it five stars, especially if you made it this far, because you know if you listen to an hour of us talking almost, you probably liked it a little bit. Either that or you fell asleep or you forgot you were listening to it, so... One of the you, you had to have liked it at least a little bit. Yeah, so give us five stars, please. It helps a lot. Make sure to follow and subscribe for you know when to let to let blah, 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 to make sure you know when we release content. So yeah, um, thank you so much. You can find Andrew at Thunder Random on Twitter. You can find Trey at OKC Flow on Twitter. You can find me at Gilgis Max on Twitter. Um, also, um, Trey's about to start streaming soon. Um, his YouTube channel is on his Twitter. Um, I can't remember the exact name. Um, was it G Gaming it's, and Vlogs? Yeah, it's GW Gaming there we go. 88. GW yeah. Gaming 88. Okay, yeah, make sure to check him out. He's about to start streaming and uploading to YouTube. Um, Going to be dope content rebuilds on NBA, NFL, um, all types of dope stuff. Stay tuned for that. Um,. And uh, Trey, is, or Andrew's on TikTok. Check him out. Spark Plug Pod. Releasing dope uh, player breakdowns. 
for more in-depth looks at the game of basketball, the X's and O's and the player breakdowns and all that good stuff. Awesome. Um, you can find me on YouTube at Max Gilgis. Um, yeah, you, uh, OKC Thunder stuff, NBA stuff. Check it out if you want to. Check all this out. We're all making good content and doing the best we can. So thank you all so much for listening. God bless you guys. Thunder up. And if that's it, I'll Thunder see you on the next one. Thunder up. We will see you in the next one. Thunder up. There we go. Oh, whoops.